Coming up on today's episode of Locked On Sooners, we're going to talk about a five-star recruiting battle that the Oklahoma Sooners have waded into in the 2023 recruiting cycle. We're going to give you a bit of a schedule outlook and a few predictions, and then we're going to talk some women's basketball in the third segment, all that and more on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what is up, Sooners Nation, and welcome to the Locked On Sooners podcast. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners podcast. You can also subscribe to the show on YouTube, and today we're going to talk about a little bit of a recruiting battle that the Oklahoma Sooners are very much in great position for, and that's for five-star defensive lineman David Hicks. Now, on three director of recruiting Chad Simmons issued a prediction yesterday for the Oklahoma Sooners. Now, that's the second prediction to come from on three in the last few weeks. First, Jerry Simmons back on the 21st of January issued a prediction for David Hicks. Now, Texas A&M is Also in the mix on this one, they received the first projection, a crystal ball projection from Steve Wiltfong of 247 Sports way back in August. Now, six months makes a big difference on the recruiting trail. And we're still more, you know, a year away from National Signing Day in 2023. But the Oklahoma Sooners are very much in a great position for David Hicks. Uh, His father, David Hicks Sr., told Chad Simmons that relationships were key in this recruiting uh, effort. And we know Todd Bates, Brent Venables, Miguel Chavis, Jay Valai, they're all really, really good at building relationships. And that's one of the things that he mentioned about the Oklahoma Sooners is that these guys have had relationships with his son Hicks Jr. for quite some time. And those are going to be weighing heavily on the defensive lineman's uh, prospects down the road. Now he's 6'4", 250. That's a huge frame for a junior. They're going to have an opportunity to add more weight and and size to him, more muscle to him. Uh, a guy that probably projects to play along the interior if they are able to add some some size to him, uh, but uh, also a good edge rusher as well with a guy with good length. Uh, this is going to be one of those battles that probably persists and lingers on until next January. He's already made it known that he's not going to make a commitment, make a decision until the Under Armour game, All-American game next January. But to be in this position is just a side effect or a symptom. I don't know how to phrase that positively, but a a positive sign that the Oklahoma Sooners are moving in the right direction under Brent Venables with defensive line coach Todd Bates, the defensive tackles coach, rather. They're going to be continually targeting defensive linemen I mean, Brent Venables talked about it last week when he was meeting with the media after National Signing Day. He said, you got to be able to win up front. You can't hide any weaknesses along the defensive line, along the offensive line. You've got to be strong. you got to be stout up front. And if the 2022 recruiting class is any uh, example of that, I mean, they signed seven defensive linemen through the transfer portal and through their 2022 recruiting cycle. And that just goes to show that he places a heavy emphasis on the defensive line. They're going to continue to have heavy defensive line classes. They're not afraid to add talent on talent and stack that together because they know that these guys are going to build each other up. They're going to make each other better. And it's just 
what they've got to do to compete, not just in the Big 12, but on the national landscape and then as they get ready to go into the SEC as well. I mean, we saw it with Baylor this last year. They were really, really good up front on both sides of the ball, one of the best offensive lines in the country and a very underrated defensive line that gave the Oklahoma Sooners fits up front. That's what Brent Venables is trying to create for this Oklahoma Sooners defense is a team that is very, very difficult to beat on both sides of the ball in the trenches. And we've seen it from Alabama. We saw this last year from Georgia. When you're really, really good up front, it helps to make everything better, especially in the college game. Like in the NFL game, when you can scheme against really strong defensive linemen, you can get away with, with having a, you know, a less talented offensive line group than your opponent. But at the college level, it's much, much harder to scheme week to week and try to overcome a, a really strong defensive line group. And the Sooners are going to be able to send waves. You know, this, this first recruiting class, it may not have the five-star talent that uh, we're expecting to see down the road. But I think with time, I mean, they only had two months to put this class together after coming on board with the Oklahoma Sooners. But with time, Brent Venables, Todd Bates, and Miguel Chavis, they're going to start landing these five-star defensive line talents and as they do that, it's going to help bolster the rest of the roster and improve the rest of the roster. We've seen it at times uh, in the past couple of years with guys like Perrion Winfrey and Jalen Redman. But if you get elite defensive line play, especially defensive tackle play, it helps to make your linebackers better. If they're not having to fight you know, offensive line blocking at the second level, they're allowed to run free and, and tackle and do what they do best and, and play with speed and flow to the football. If they're having to fight blocks in the middle of the field from centers and guards because the, the defensive tackles aren't creating havoc, aren't penetrating, aren't taking on double teams, then it makes their job a whole lot more difficult and it makes the running game a lot easier for, for the offense. And so, you know, landing guys like Alton Tarber, who's going to be a just a space plugger, Jeffrey Johnson, who's going to you know hold up at the point of the attack, Landing some of those guys in the 2023 class is going to be huge for the Oklahoma Sooners. You know, who knows when they're going to get to the SEC? I mean, it could be as soon as 2023. It could be as soon as 2024. There's a lot to still be figured out about that. But the Oklahoma Sooners are getting themselves prepared for that move by targeting these five-star guys and wading into those recruiting battles heavily. Again, it's going to be one of those, this, this David Hicks battle is going to be one that lingers on and, a lot can change in a year. We've seen it. Uh, the coaching staff won't change, but we've seen commitments go one way. Even when Lincoln Riley was here, we saw him. I mean, we saw him lose three, four, five star wide receivers in his 2022 recruiting class from Talon Shetron and, um, oh man, the other two names are Jordan Hudson and who's the, and one other guy. It's, it's kind of escaping me now, but they lost three wide receivers in that 2022 class while Lincoln Riley was still there. And so anything can happen. I believe they're going to be able to close this out. They're already in a strong position that even though as, even though the Hickses are going to be taking visits out West uh, to several schools and in the big 10 as well, and they're going to be going up against uh, Alabama and the pocketbooks of Texas A&M, they're going to, they're going to be able to recruit like David Hicks. They on three lists. One of his hobbies is welding. I don't think this is a guy that's necessarily going to be out there chasing NIL deals. He just seems like he's kind of got that Oklahoma mentality, right? The hard workers. I mean, if you're a welder, like you're a hard worker, you're willing to like sweat 
to do your job. And if it's a hobby for him, like that, to me, that's kind of cool. Um, that that's, that's some hard work. I've never welded, but you know, living in Ethiopia, sometimes you walk by these guys that are welding on the street in the, in the heat, in the desert, like they're putting in work and that's, it's not easy work to sit there and, and just have that, that heat kind of generating right in front of you and that, that bright light generating right in front of you. Uh, so that, it, I don't know, that, that just was a really interesting note to me that I think just kind of says something about what this kid's about. Obviously he listed video games as well, but I don't know, it's just kind of a cool hobby that, that you don't see often high school kids talk about, you know, a, a welding as a hobby. Um, usually it's, you know, things like video games or, you know, playing sports or whatever, but uh, it's, it's going to be fun to watch. You know, recruiting is nonstop. It never quits. And now, you know, that I'm fully immersed following the Sooners, you know, last year I was more covering the Dallas Cowboys still now covering the Sooners full time. This, it, man, it just takes on a whole new life and man, I'm starting to, I'm starting to really dig it again. You know, stars aren't the only thing that matters. What happens with, when you when you get on campus what you do with those stars is what matters how you develop yourself how you how you progress those are the things that matter but it's evident and it's clear the more you know the higher stars you have the more the higher rated recruiting classes generally are the ones that are competing for national titles unless you're texas texas can't even compete for a big 12 title they've had the top recruiting class in the big 12 uh, nine times since 2010 and have zero big 12 championships to show for it. But coming up next, let's talk about the Oklahoma Sooners 2022 schedule, talk about some potential pitfalls and why I think they might be able to go undefeated. We'll do that after I talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. I love Built Bar. I've been eating it now for more than a year and a half and they've got so many great flavors. My favorite is the peanut butter brownie, but you can't go wrong with any of them. The coconut almond, the coconut brownie chunk, the mint brownie, I mean, just so many, so many great flavors. They've got a lot of protein, anywhere from 17 to 18 grams of protein, only four or five grams of sugar, low carbohydrates, high fiber, high protein, and they're 100% covered in chocolate. Yeah, it's like a candy bar. You're going to get great taste, great flavors, and fantastic health options for you. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you can get 15% off your next order by using promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. And it's Super Week brought to you by GetUpside. There's no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Locked On NFL podcast. Locked On Bengals and Locked On Rams are in L.A. all week covering the big game. So make sure you go check that out on Locked On Bengals, Locked On Rams. You can find some coverage on the Locked On NFL podcast as well. But thank you so much for tuning in to Locked On Sooners. Now let's talk about the Oklahoma Sooners schedule. This is going to be hopefully a lot of fun because – this schedule, I think, works out pretty well in the Sooners' favor. You know, the first three games of the season, non-conference matchups, we've got the UTEP Miners to open the schedule. Now, despite what a guy on Twitter would like to argue, UTEP is not beating Oklahoma. There's no chance. I, uh, the Oklahoma Sooners have as good a chance of losing to the UTEP Miners as they do to the UTA Mavericks. UTA has not had a football program since the 1980s. Oklahoma is not losing to UTEP. He argues that they've got a bunch of JUCO transfers coming in. And that's great, man. That's, that's going to be fantastic for you. But you're not beating Oklahoma in Norman week one of Brent Venable's tenure as Oklahoma Sooners head coach. 
I'm sorry. You're, you're probably going to get 40 dropped on you and you're only going to score maybe 10 points, 14 points. So we're not going to talk about that. Kent state, they got some turnover at quarterback happening. I don't think that's going to be much of a threat to the Oklahoma Sooners as well. Now the first true test of the season comes when they face the Nebraska Cornhuskers in Lincoln on September 17th. Um, this is going to be one of those opportunities for a big noon kickoff or a college game day. I mean, Oklahoma coming to Nebraska for the first time since 2005. It's crazy. That it's been that long. The Sooners, I mean, they played a close matchup with Nebraska last year. Nebraska has some turnover at quarterback. They're still going to be a good a, a, a test, but I don't necessarily worry as much about them as a lot of people do. Yes. Casey Thompson is a strong, solid quarterback and, but is he, is he that much better than Adrian Martinez, which we'll talk about here in a second. I think Casey Thompson is capable, but he doesn't have a guy like Xavier Worthy to bolster his ability to bolster his production. We saw in the Red River Showdown last year what Xavier Worthy was able to do against the Oklahoma Sooners cornerbacks in the first half and somewhat in the second half. But the Oklahoma Sooners got on Casey Thompson and slowed him down in the second half. That was a big reason why the Oklahoma Sooners were able to come back in that game, not just because of Caleb Williams. And, I mean, a lot of it, Kennedy Brooks, the offense was huge in that game, but the defense also had to make stops. Like, if the defense didn't make stops and turn their their you know turn the, the tide in the second half, there's no way the Oklahoma Sooners come back in that game after what they did in the first half. The defense turned it around. They got stops. They forced punts. They got turnovers. And that helped the Oklahoma Sooners come back in this game. I don't think Nebraska offensively is as talented as Texas was last year. So, again, I mean, it's going to be a tough place to play. Dylan Gabriel is going to be going into, you know, into Nebraska um, to, to play a really tough Nebraska defense that held them, into a, held them in a lot of games last year, but they lost those games. So, And you don't have an X-factor quite like Adrian Martinez – who is just as lethal with his legs. Like Casey Thompson's good with his legs, but he's not as good as Adrian Martinez. And then that brings us to Adrian Martinez and the Kansas State Wildcats. The Oklahoma Sooners at home get Kansas State this year. And Adrian Martinez is a good player. He's a really good player, but he's a bit turnover prone. He had 10 interceptions last year. Uh, According to Pro Football Focus, he also had 10 fumbles. Um, So to me, like he's just not like safe with the football. Now, this is something that Chris Kleiman can impart on him as they work through spring and off-season workouts. But it, it generally, it, if you're loose with the football, you're always loose with the football. Now, Kansas State's got Deuce Vaughn. He's an X-factor in both the run and pass game. But the Oklahoma Sooners did a really good job containing him in the running game this past year. Again, they've got some turnover happening on the defensive line, but they're really, really good at linebacker. They're going to be really athletic. And I think they're going to be able to figure this out because you got you get a guy like Jeffrey Johnson who was really good at Tulane. You put him in the middle of your defensive line. It's going to help plug up a lot of holes and make things a lot easier for your linebackers to flow to Deuce Vaughn and get to him. Um, now you're going to have a hard time containing him in the pass game because he's just that good in the pass game. Adrian Martinez is going to be a threat in the running game because he's a good runner and he'll make some plays in the passing game. But he's not to me. He's not as good of a passer as Skylar Thompson is. He's a better runner maybe, but Again, maybe Skylar Thompson was a really good runner. Uh, so I, I again, I, I like. I mean, this is one of those that Oklahoma can win. It's going to be a tough test because Kansas State plays Oklahoma tough recently under Chris, Chris Kleiman. Um, there, Oklahoma's just one and two against Kleiman over the last three years. So it'll be one to watch. Now, this is a potential pitfall game right here against TCU on the road, October first. Uh, 
The reason it's a potential pitfall is you got Sonny Dykes, a new offensive kind of play caller, play scheme. Um, but Oklahoma is going to be bringing in a new defensive scheme as well. So it'll be a pretty interesting matchup. The thing that makes it a bit of a pitfall is it's one week ahead of the of the Texas game and Red River Showdown. But, you know, TCU's got some talented players in Quentin Johnston, the wide receiver who just lit Oklahoma up last year for like 150 yards receiving, which was like a quarter of his 2021 uh, receiving output. And then, you know, Max Duggan, Chandler Morris, they're capable quarterbacks. And it's going to be interesting to see kind of how this plays out. We saw what uh, Sonny Dykes did with uh, Tanner Mordecai this past season at SMU. If he's able to get the same kind of production out of Chandler Morris or Max Duggan, it'll make for an interesting matchup and it'll make for an interesting game against the Oklahoma Sooners. I think Oklahoma is going to be more talented. They should be able to win that game. Uh, but, you know, over the last few years, really seemingly last decade and a half, Oklahoma seems to drop a game that they probably should win. Uh, but, I mean, it happens. It happens regularly enough that there'll be games that kind of come into question. And then you got the Texas Longhorns in the Red River Showdown. Now, this is going to be really fascinating leading up to it. I feel like the build to this game is going to be um, some of the some of the best build um, that we've seen lately. Quinn Ewers is going to be making his first Red River Showdown start, and we saw how that that worked out for a guy like Spencer Rattler. Uh, you know, Ewers has played in a lot of big games uh, as a high school quarterback. He did, but it's just a it's just a different. It's a different game. It's a different stage. The stage wasn't too big for Caleb Williams. But, I mean, we, we've seen I – mean, we saw Caleb Williams struggle in a different game. So this one's going to be like which defense is better, in my opinion. Because last the last few years, it's been about um, which offense could score last, basically. Uh, but I, I think – I mean, I think it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be Dylan Gabriel's first Red River showdown as well. It, it's going to be really fascinating to see how this one turns out. You never know what's going to happen in the Red River Showdown. Anything can happen. Texas is going to be an improved team. I think. I don't think they're going to be another five-win team. I, I don't think that they'll necessarily jump to Big 12 contender level, but I think they'll be improved. And I think they'll they'll give a. It'll be a tough game. It always is. It doesn't matter what the records are. Texas could be 0-6 going into this game. It's going to be a tough matchup. And then you get the Kansas Jayhawks one week later. There's no chance in my mind that Oklahoma sleepwalks into this game. It could be an 11 a.m. game. Obviously, it's going to be at home. That's going to help Oklahoma. But after what happened last year, I think a lot of guys that are coming back from this game are going to have that one in their mind, just like ready to show up, ready to play. They're not going to sleepwalk into Kansas like they did in 2021. Now, another potential you know, difficult game for the Oklahoma Sooners is when they travel to Iowa State and they play the Cyclones on a Thursday night. Uh, now this one comes 12 days after they play Kansas. They have the Saturday off before. So they get a bit of time of rest in they kind of their bye week as they lead into this game. It'll, it'll be a great, a great atmosphere. You know, Iowa state at night is always a great atmosphere, but they lost Brock pretty. They lost Brees Hall. They lost Charlie Kohler, uh, Chase Allen. Now they still have Xavier Hutchinson. Who's going to be a, a, a a difficult test of someone that's going to be hard to, to, to guard. And Matt Campbell's a good coach. And so I think they'll have a good plan for Oklahoma when they come in at that point. But I hundred Deckers, like, is that the quarterback that you want to tie your season to tie your hopes to? I'm not, I don't know that the atmosphere concerns me more than the, than the, the talent on the field. And that's no disrespect to those guys. I just, I, I just think Oklahoma is going to be better. Um, and then, you know, this, this one could be a showdown for 
who goes to the Big 12 title game against Baylor. You know, they, Oklahoma gets them at home this year, which is going to be a benefit. But it's going to what's going to happen is can Oklahoma hold up up front along the defensive line and slow down the Bears' running game because that's not they weren't able to do that much in the 2021 matchup, and that's what allowed Baylor to win. And Gary Robinson's going to be back, and that's going to provide another interesting element in the running game. But they don't have Abram Smith, who's off to the NFL. They still have Tristan Ebner, who's a really good running back and explosive player that can make a lot of things happen for them in their offense. So that that that's going to be a tough one. This is going to be a tough matchup, followed by another tough road trip uh, to Morgantown to face the West Virginia Mountaineers. Sucks, man. <laughs> Going to West Virginia in, in November. Um, I just have visions of that November game a few years back where they're playing in the snow at night. I'm like, who schedules a November game at night? That's just, this is not cool, man. It's going to be so cold. Uh, but uh, they lost, uh, they're losing Dante Stills to the NFL. They still have Akeem Mesador along the defensive front. They're going to be, again, a talented group defensively. They'll have some playmakers offensively that will, that will make it difficult for the Oklahoma Sooners. But Garrett Green Solid quarterback, you know, difficult dual threat player. If he's their starter, I mean, it it's going to be a tough matchup for him too because he hasn't he's yet to see a Brent Venables defense. So I, I I don't I it's a game that again like Iowa State the atmosphere has me more concerned than the talent on the field. If that makes sense. And then we got Oklahoma State at home. Can Spencer Sanders? have the game of his life again against the Oklahoma Sooners. Cause remember, I mean, he was having a really, really great game and he was, he was a big reason why they won that game along with the, the Cowboys defense. But then the following week in the big 12 championship game, completely laid an egg against the bears. Again, a, a better defense, but completely lays an egg that almost brings them back to win that game. But I don't know if, they're going to be as good offensively and defensively as they were. Now they still got Malcolm Rodriguez, but can they continue to have the same defensive execution and proficiency without Jim Knowles? New defensive coordinator Derek Mason is one of the hot names in college football. It's going to be a fascinating thing to watch throughout the season in the lead up to this game in Bedlam. Again, like the Red River Showdown, a lot anything can happen, but Oklahoma State doesn't beat Oklahoma in consecutive years. Take that for what it's worth. doesn't necessarily mean that they won't beat Oklahoma this year, but I just have a hard time thinking that Oklahoma State's going to go into Norman and beat the Sooners. And then you get a, a road trip to Lubbock at the end of November, which will likely turn into a night game because that would be a lot of fun and crazy things happen in Lubbock at night, uh, as my dear friend Patrick Kahn likes to tell me re- repeatedly. Uh, Donovan Smith, I mean, he showed himself to be a very capable quarterback this la- at the end of this last season. And Joey McGuire, I mean, people love him as a coach. There's a good chance that they're able to make a move to get to the upper half of the Big 12 standings this, this next season. But we'll see what happens. I mean, it, it's, you know, to me, it's a, any schedule in the Big 12 I think is difficult because you, you have to play everybody. You don't get to avoid teams like Baylor. You don't get to avoid teams like Oklahoma State. Like you have to play the best teams every single year. And these guys are going to be good. These teams are going to still be good. The Texas game is still going to be a tough game. 
but it sets up well in that they get Oklahoma State at home, they get Baylor at home, they get Kansas State at home. Uh, the Red River Showdown, it's always going to be a coin flip. It is. Um, you know, going to Nebraska, it's going to be a tough place to play. They're gonna, that atmosphere is going to be fired up. But I think, you know, like you look at the atmosphere, as you look at Nebraska, Iowa State, West Virginia, I think Oklahoma is just more talented than them. Even with all the attrition that they've seen, I think Dylan Gabriel is probably going to be the best big quarterback in the Big 12. I don't know if that's a stretch to say, but I mean, who who do you who do you think is going to be better? Who could be better than Dylan Gabriel? I mean, he's he's got a ton of experience, a ton of production. Yes, at you know in the American Athletic Conference, but. And, and it's going to, he'll have a lot of tough tests and the defenses will be tough, but he's a capable quarterback in a capable offense. So I don't know. I, I just don't worry as much about a lot of the Oklahoma Sooners schedule. Now, that's not to say that they're going to go undefeated. I mean, we haven't seen a team go undefeated, an Oklahoma team go undefeated for a long, long time. Um, but I like the way the schedule sets up for the Sooners, even heading into that Thursday night Iowa State game. The fact that they have 12 days off leading into it, that bodes well for the Sooners. So I like it. Tell me what you think about the Oklahoma Sooners schedule. What are the potential pitfalls that you see? Hit me up on Locked On Sooners on Twitter, at Locked On Sooners, or on uh, the YouTube account. Drop it in the comments. What, what's the game that worries you the most? Uh, I'd love to interact with you on that. But coming up next, let's talk about some women's hoops where they're at in the latest USA Today coaches poll, and who won Big 12 Player of the Week. But first, let me talk to you about Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football is getting ready for the big game. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right. Women's hoops. The Oklahoma Sooners 20-3, tied for first place in the Big 12 Iowa State currently has a tiebreaker because of the head-to-head win. But the Sooners ladies, man, they're playing great, great basketball. They got two top 10 wins over the last couple weeks and now sit at number 15 in the nation in the USA Today coaches poll. Still behind Baylor somehow after beating them twice. It's interesting how that all works out. They rebounded from a loss to Kansas State a few weeks back. They're on a four-game win streak heading into a top 16 matchup with the Texas Longhorns on Saturday. Uh, Texas is number 16. Baylor or Oklahoma is number 15 now in the USA Today Coaches Poll. And Maddie Williams wins Big 12 Player of the Week after averaging 21.5 points, more than eight rebounds a game uh, in their wins over Baylor and West Virginia. In the Baylor game, she set up Liz Scott for the game-winning layup in the West Virginia game. She herself had the game winner in double overtime to put the Oklahoma Sooners ahead. This is a team that is going to make some noise in the NCAA tournament. And it feels like a little bit that the big 12 is being slept on because even Iowa state with their 20 and three record, they sit at number nine in the nation They're, I mean, they have fewer losses than some of the teams ahead of them. The same with the, with the Oklahoma Sooners, they have fewer losses than some of the teams ahead of them. And you're like, how is it that, the big 12 as a women's basketball conference is being slept on like this. So like Iowa state is behind Connecticut who only has 15 wins, but they have four losses. Um, And 
the Oklahoma Sooners are behind a 17 and five Georgia team, 19 and four LSU team, 17 and six Maryland, and the aforementioned 17 and five Baylor team. So, like at some point, you got to respect Oklahoma. You got to respect the the things that they've done. They're they're one of the top scoring teams in the country, if not still the the top scoring team. They're playing great team basketball. Maddie Williams, Big Twelve Player of the Week award. That's the fourth uh, sooner to win Big Twelve Player of the Week this year. That only happens when you're playing really good team basketball and everybody's everybody's thriving. And that's what happens. That's what's happening under Jenny uh, Baranchik. Everybody's thriving. Everybody's scoring. They're playing. They're they're dishing the ball around. They're moving the ball around. And this week it was Maddie Williams that was the beneficiary of that. She's scoring a lot of points, getting a lot of boards, but she's also moving the ball. She's got. She had several assists, stealing the ball like crazy. But you got players like Liz Scott. You got players like um, blanking on names. Sorry. Uh, it's it's a team that is playing really good team basketball and. That's that's what's going to help them um, as they move forward in Big 12 play, as they get to the NCAA tournament, is having a well-rounded team, a, real well, a well-rounded uh, game. And Skylar Van, Taylor Robertson, and Ana Lanusa were the other three women to win Big 12 Player of the Week award. So it goes to show you that they, they can get scoring from a lot of different places, and they can get clutch buckets from a lot of different places because we, you know, Liz Scott, she's made several game winning um, shots. Taylor Robinson has made several, you know, clutch shots as well. One of the best shooting guards in the country nominated for the Nays Smith award for best uh, shooting guard in the country. And yeah, it's a, it's a exciting time to be following women's sports at Oklahoma athlete at Oklahoma, because the women's basketball team is going to be a contender in the NCAA tournament. And then you got Oklahoma softball getting ready to kick off as well. So, kickoff first pitch throw their first pitch tee off something i don't know how you describe that they're getting ready to get underway uh this week as well so exciting times to be an oklahoma sooners fan i hope you're enjoying the spring athletics the winter and spring athletics as well because it's going to be a fun ride following the ladies uh throughout the spring and into the summer um, as oklahoma softball is going to be one of the contenders for the college world series and the national championship again this year and that's going to do it for today's episode of locked on sooners again thanks so much for tuning in make sure you follow the show on twitter at locked on sooners on facebook locked on sooners podcast and subscribe to the show on youtube we're free and available on every podcast platform make sure you follow me on twitter at john nine williams and read my work covering the oklahoma sooners over at the sooners wire at usa today.com and until tomorrow boomer sooner <laughs>